This is a video with some reflections on the academic validity and worth of the material that I'm sharing on this channel. I make this video because from the academic perspective, it's important to be explicit about the premises that you're speaking from. The Nordic Animism channel is primarily a free-thinking space. And this is important to say, if it isn't like already quite evident, uh, then it should be stated that the material on this channel is not peer-reviewed. Though it's slowly dawning on the conventional education system how pretty idiotic this unspoken assumption is that you're only allowed to think from a traditional knowledge perspective on your own culture if you belong to a marginalized group, uh, my work and uh, my perspective is not yet in university curricula. Uh, and it does move on this channel in rather free-thinking spaces, where I'm explore, exploring also the lines of demarcation that define scholarship, for instance, which I've always liked kind of doing that. So here you'll find me suggesting stuff like we can cure our society of the dysfunctional mythologies such as conspiracy theories by using animist divinations to analyze events. Or that we can view zombies as an almost messianic perspective on social improvement. Or you can hear me recommending that we should perhaps personify the corona pandemic as a goddess. You know, I allow my thinking to take wild roads and uh, make perspectives of the kinds that scholars will perhaps play with in informal exchanges, but that they would rarely do in, in public like this. But I'm just show, shooting it out there, and it's, th that's also very conscious, and I think it's important, also actually from an academic uh, perspective. This way of creating this public thinking space has kind of grown into this shape by itself, uh, but uh, it's also, uh, I think, extremely productive in terms of developing these thoughts in ways where majority animisms take shape uh, both as a popular cultural position that people can think themselves with, but also for outlining this as a scholarly field that I'm basically introducing, the study of rejected Euro-animist traditional knowledge. And I have no doubt that this field will be established as an academic uh, discipline. It's a question of simple calculation. Climate change, change is coming, and many people you know, seem to sit like four-year-olds in a concentration camp, making a fuss about all kinds of issues that might be relevant from really limited perspectives, but doesn't really face up to the fact that human communities are entering the biggest collapse in the history of our species. Part of the reason that I'm working out of YouTube and not just writing academic articles is time. We are accelerating towards the apocalypse. Academic articles are long and arduous processes that need to go through this social process where other scholars must look at it and assert their own importance and their idiosyncrasies by criticizing it. And then at some point, you know, down the line, it'll get published. Uh, the animist perspective on North European culture uh, has also given me an explosion of insights you know, that I, I wouldn't have the time to get them all out, basically. And this is why many of these videos are basically, as a scholar 
friend of mine rightly observed, there are a popularized pitch of an academic paper waiting to be made. Uh, there are basically too much, too many realizations coming for me to go through the whole years of polishing and complying with academic genre and form and, and adapting after peer review. Um, you know, if I'd done that with my work on Raven Totemism, for instance, then nobody would have heard it about these thoughts by now because it would still be in a peer review process. But I resolved to say, you know, fuck that shit. I'm just putting it out there through my platforms and so on. I develop the perspective, I invest my time and my resources in bringing it into dialogue with culture and the struggles, problems, passions of the real people of our age. And I'm interested in implementing this self-grown, free-thinking style of this channel is uh, actually one of the things that I have grown into retrospectively understand by reading the indigenous scholarship of the Aboriginal um, complexity thinker Tyson Juncker-Porter, who works in a very similar way in his groundbreaking book, Sand Talk. Uh, it's about the how more than about the what. It's about learning how to know, getting into the processes of knowledge. And from the academic perspective, this takes many forms on this channel. One uh, form is just clear-cut academic perspectives, you know, stuff that could go into an, a university class, uh, or that somebody could develop into an actual academic paper, which it would be relatively easy to write up and push through peer review if, if one could be bothered with the process. Um, I think that my perspective uh, that I'm trying to popularize in, my, popularize in my calendar work has an incredible academic potential. And as with Raven, I just moved directly into popularizing it. Um, but, but if somebody would be interested in doing a PhD or even a research center on the transformational nodes of essence individuation that are the defining dynamisms in traditional calendar, then give me a call. It's a really, really rich topic. And I only just like opened the perspective, told the world that it's there, but the, the, there's a wealth of material through which this knowledge could be developed. as uh, an enormous wealth of material. I feel I only touched the tip of it. Basically, uh, there are also a couple of, of cases in my, my channel here where I'm basically sharing an academic conference paper that I've given somewhere. Uh, but there are also videos where I work in a much more free dialoguing space. And that is interesting and important to just talk about a little bit. The reason for this dialoguing uh, style is that that is the way of traditional knowledge. Scholarship actually also dialogues. But it's a kind of dialoguing that follows particular sets of rules uh, and this creates a particular kind of knowledge. But traditional knowledge dialoguing is different and it has a different objective. And therefore it requires different protocols and methodologies for that dialoguing. Um, just to take an example, historic scholarship might apply the methodologies of source criticism to approximate a precise image of something in a strictly defined historic context, say pre-Christian Nordic religion before the implementation of Christianity. New animist scholarship might apply anthropological methodology to describe and understand relation-making and subjectivity in a tightly defined context. But traditional knowledge production might dialogue and interweave with these methodologies, but 
is not subjected to the to the same um, uh, restrictions. Probably has other restrictions, um, but sometimes, for instance, it can work in associative ways where meaning are moved in in, in different uh, after different um, criteria, uh, and the objective is different. It is not getting through a peer review, but rather what. Uh, Tyson calls right story, uh, and in a sense, uh, that has its own peer review problem, probably processes in it. You know, other social structures that have to perhaps sanction the quality of a way of knowing that's perhaps being suggested. Uh, primarily, I think the quality of the criteria for a piece of knowledge has to do with its capacity to produce relation and relating in functional and good ways. And how that uh, aligns or not aligns with scholarship. That's something that I'm not finished understanding. I suspect, I haven't thought this to the end, but I suspect that ways of knowing and pieces of information that might, from, for instance, a historic perspective, um, appear to be even pseudo-historic or perhaps pseudo-scientific, could perhaps in some cases... Be uh, be a right story from a traditional knowledge perspective because uh, their uh, capacity to create relation would be the point of uh, this kind of a, a piece of information. So uh, when I'm dialoguing with stuff, I'm, I'm trying to weave dialogue back into dynamic, transformative relating with traditional knowledge. Um, dialoguing in a way with historic material in order to make it speak and live and develop into our age again, right? N- to move it out of a space of being something statically observed in a distant uh, space. And um, one thing I'm doing is I'm trying to make reviews of contemporary culture, how it works with traditional knowledge in awesome or sometimes less awesome ways. Um, I'm trying to relate to stuff that happens around us, current events and topics, because I think we must become better at knowing in the traditional way. It's because I want to develop animist knowing, animist perspective on... um, on our uh, our culture, traditional knowledge perspective has to be live and it has to speak into our age because that's the way that knowledge is, and also the way that stories are dynamic. You know, you have to be alive and organic, and transformational in order to live and be reborn. And recovering these ways of knowing that is the ultimate objective for me, uh, and, and so it has to move in ways. Uh, of reflecting and associating that are different from scholarly methodologies, um, or from some scholarly methodologies. I would say this is also a scholarly methodologies. And I think it's also important to, to mention that this kind of thinking has to have this sort of playful, almost trickster-like nature. Uh, it has to be a little bit uh, transgressive, and it cannot be confined to rather narrow trains of logic and thinking um, of, for instance, the modernist paradigm. But the free-thinking nature also means that there are many of these videos that are pitches of, you know, what could become a paper or pitches of thoughts 
uh, or sometimes, you know, really wild thinking, experimental, playful perspectives. My work with mythology, for instance, is relational work with mythology, where conventional 20th century style, modernist ways of seeing mythology would be unrelational. For instance, if, if we talk about pre-Christian Nordic religion, it will rest on projecting your observing mind out into some abstract, almost transcendent observer position, and then from this imaginary position recording stuff in incredibly distant contexts. And that works, or it has some kind of functionality if your objective is to describe, say, Iron Age scholarship. Uh, but what I want to do is I want to use the scholarship that we do have that challenges this incredible distancing with its methodology to bring our engagement with this material much closer. In fact, I want to bring it all the way in and make it that tool of relating which is supposed to be in, to begin with. So you will find sometimes on this channel analysis that perhaps diverge from historic scholarship what historic scholarship would say about something. It is not to denigrate historic scholarship at all, nor even to say that I'm not totally using it in many ways and that it's a very useful thing. It's just, in some way, sometimes it's a different thing. Cool. Um, and also because I'm working in a free-thinking manner, it might also totally happen that I'm not being totally explicit at every single moment except exactly about where the scholarly premises lie. And that, by the way, is often how scholarship works. I see loads of communication, for instance, on pre-Christian Nordic religion, that does not make explicit its paradigmatic and epistemological assumptions, but, for instance, will just like lean back in, in 20th century paradigm and use uh, language such as objectivity and misappropriation or even truth. You know. um, I, Another thing is that you'll notice that I'm not shying away from political perspectives. And I find that to be inherent to the animist perspective, that power is imminent to phenomena. You cannot kind of zoom away from the fact that there are social exchanges and social power systems in what you're talking about. I sometimes get these reactions like, oh, you get it? you're saying something that's political, as if it's some dirty thing or something like that. And of course... This stuff is political. It's it's an animist thing. It's because power is imminent to phenomena, uh, which is also why I'm I'm uh, uh, regularly talking about those nationalisms and racisms whose association with traditional knowledge is such an important part of maintaining traditional knowledge in these non-spaces where they are partly associated with some weird kind of Googly gook about folk sky store, uh, something like that, or uh, um, basically ostracized into spaces where nobody can take them seriously. In other words, these uh, the uh, the the way that these um, ideologies are leaning on traditional knowledge perspectives is part of what you would call an uh, epistemological colonization of Eurodescendants, part of maintaining uh, uh, us in isolation from these knowledge, uh, knowledge forms. I hope that all made sense. Thanks a lot and see you around. Yeah, yeah, yeah.